Let's, let's open with a word of prayer. Father, thank you for this privilege and opportunity to come and to worship you. As we've already heard from your word today, Father, that we need to stand against anything that is anti-God. Anything that does not exalt your name, Father, that does not exalt your Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. And Father, I know this might sound harsh, but I pray to you that churches that do not preach the Word of God will not have your blessing. That you would remove your hand from them and not bless them. And those that do teach and preach your Word would have your blessing. And I pray, Father, that nothing would ever come from this pulpit except the word of Jesus Christ, the truth of the Bible that you have given to us, and that we would preach Christ and Christ alone. Help nothing ever else to come from this pulpit. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Acts. In the book of Acts, turn to chapter 5, if you would, where... Dick did our reading this morning. I want to recall and remember in verse chapter 3, Peter and John were entering the temple, and in the name of Jesus healed the lame man. Sanhedrin, the Sadducees, the religious rulers of the day, didn't like that. Didn't like that one bit. Called him in, threw him in prison for a night, called him in front of the, the court and said, whose name do you do this in? And And Peter says, we did it in the name of the Holy and Righteous One. We did it in the name of the author author of life. We did it in the name of Jesus. And they threatened them and released them. Peter and John went to where the others were gathered, and they had a prayer meeting and a praise meeting. A time of, of praising God for who He was, that He was the Creator of the universe, that He was the author of life. And so they praised his name and exalted him. And as a result of that, and the filling of the Spirit, they they had all things in common. They were selling things to, to meet other people's needs in the church. And then we come to the beginning of chapter 5 and the, the infamous word, but. And we talked about Ananias and Sapphira. We also talked about the, the parallel to, to in the book of Joshua to the sin that Achan committed when they conquered Jericho. When God brought the walls down, they went in and he saw some things, coveted them, stole them, and put them in his tent. And he paid for it with his life. F.F. F. Bruce, I love his quote, says, an act of deceit interrupts the victorious progress of the people of God. And that's what happened in chapter 5 here of Acts with Ananias and Sapphira. An act of deceit interrupts the victorious progress of the people. I should have that memorized by now as many times as I've read it and said it, but for some reason they just the, the truth is there. It just doesn't flow for me in my mind to just be able to say it straight out. But the truth is there. That when God's name is being exalted, when his work is being done, Satan's going to do something, throw something up, try to confuse us, try to tear it down, because he does not like to see the name of Jesus exalted. He is the one, if we go back to Isaiah 14, Lucifer said, I will be like God. I will be higher than him. I will be better than him. 
And since that time when he was cast down, since that time, everything and anything he can do to disrupt and tear down the name of Jesus. And, and it was interesting, the, the idea of Marxism, that, that he was not just a, he, he was not just anti-God, or yeah, he was not just anti-God, he was a cheerleader for Satan. Oh, that ought to scare us straight. That ought to make us want to, to be careful in, in what we do. But we see the same thing in verse 17 here of Acts 5. We, we, last week we looked at the, the, the eternal influencers. How, how Peter and, and all the disciples, that the people would try to get in their shadow because the power of the Holy Spirit was on them and it was in the it was not in their own power, but it was in the power of the Holy Spirit that everybody was being healed, the people that came. They were being healed of physical ailments. They were being healed from demons. Demons were being cast out. It was done by the apostles in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. And don't ever get that wrong. It was not them. It was not Peter. It was not John. It was not any of the apostles that did it in their own power. In and of ourselves, we have no power, folks. You can just pull the plug. Because we don't have any power. Jesus gave us, as he returned to heaven, the Father sent a comforter. He sent the Holy Spirit, one to come alongside us, to invigorate us, to empower us, to accomplish what his will is in our life. At the end of verse 16, it says, and they were all being healed. Wasn't any of them lacked faith or anything like that. When the Holy Spirit's involved, he's going to heal. He's going to heal 100%. And that's exactly what God's word says right there. They were all healed. Verse 17, but, oh, we got another but. We got another but to, to get our attention. Because in, in the previous verses 12 to 16 from last week, the, the, the miracles were being done through the apostles. The people were holding them in high esteem. God's name is being glorified and set forth. So what's going to happen? But. But the high priest rose up along with his associates. Okay, the associates, for you older folks, that might, that, you know, if we use the term old cronies, and, and for you younger kids, um, his posse, okay? His, his, the, the high priest and his posse. Who were his associates? Back up to chapter 4, verse 6. Annas the high priest was there, and Caiaphas and John and Alexander, and all who were of high priestly descent. Okay? That's, that's who his associates are there. That's who the gang is. Talk about bullies. But the high priest rose up along with his associates, that is the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with jealousy. That's what happened to Lucifer back in Isaiah 14. He was filled with jealousy for all the praise and adoration that was given to God, the creator of the universe. He was filled with jealousy. And, and why, why were the Sadducees, why were the high priest and his associates, why were they jealous? People were being healed. Oh my. People were believing in Jesus. Oh, we can't have that. And they loved the people. Oh my. Strike three, you're out. 
But it's kind of funny, they were jealous of that. They didn't want them to do that because all the attention was being drawn away from them. As, as he shared again this morning, I mean, there's so many parallels here. It is that, the, that when you get everything under the control of the government, it can be controlled by a few. Well, the, 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 the high priest and his associates, the Sadducees, they wanted to be the ones in control. And if anything was going on that didn't bring and draw attention and adoration to them, they wanted nothing to do it. And they were jealous of the apostles because at the end of, uh, let's see, verse 13, just back a couple verses, it says the people held them in high esteem. Well, that's what the rulers wanted. They wanted everybody to think they were it. And they were jealous of that. Verse 18, they laid hands on the apostles and put them in public jail. Flip back with me to Luke chapter 21 just briefly. Luke chapter 21 verse 12. But before all these things, they will lay their hands on you and will persecute you, delivering you to the synagogues and prisons, bringing you before kings and governors for my namesake. Get this. This is the cool part. It will lead to an opportunity for your testimony. So make up your minds not to prepare beforehand to defend yourselves. For I will give you utterance and wisdom which none of your opponents will be able to resist or refute. Jesus' very own words He said, this is what's going to happen, and you know what? You know why? Because it's an opportunity for you to share your testimony. It's an opportunity for you to tell others what I am doing in and through you. In the power of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to provide you with opportunities to share your faith. (laughs) And that's what's happening. And they laid hands on the apostles and put them in public jail. Oh, I like this. But... We got another one going back the other way this time. But an angel of the Lord during the night opened the gates of the prison and taking them out, he said, go stand and speak to the people in the temple. The whole message of this life. Hmm. The other thing, you know, the one thing I always harp on about the Sadducees, you know why they're sad, you see? They're sad, you see, because they don't believe in the resurrection. Well, they didn't believe in the Holy Spirit. They didn't believe in angels. They didn't believe in the spirit realm. They have a lot to be sad about. So how, you know, you talk about God having a sense of humor. Maybe irony is the right word here. But the Sadducees and the Sanhedrin don't believe in angels, so who does God send to get them out of the prison? An angel. How cool is that? That'll make them believers, right? You can't can't deny that. God sent an angel in the night to open the doors and lead them out of the jail. Now that is a There's a couple pictures or parallels that we can draw to that. One is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He was put in the grave after he was paid for our sins. And the Father gave him life and brought him out of the grave. Pulled him out of the jail. Of the the penalty for paying for our sins. 
There's also the picture of our salvation in there. And that in our sin, we were in prison. We were imprisoned in our sin. And God sent His, Jesus, His Son, Jesus Christ, to lead us out of that prison and lead us into the light and lead us into the daylight. The angel of the Lord during the night opened the gates of the prison, and taking them out, he said, Go your way, stand, speak to the people in the temple, the whole message of this life. And at the end of verse 20, the last word is life. How many of you have have that word capitalized in your Bible, life? Does anybody? Okay, a couple of you are reading the right translation then. Life. It's capitalized because it's referring to Jesus Christ. Turn with me to John chapter 1. Very familiar passage, John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being by Him. And apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overpower it. The prison that we were in in our sins, he leads us out into the light. And and we, we briefly referred to this earlier. Let me find it. Okay, chapter 3, verse 15. Peter's preaching to the religious leaders, and he says, but you put to death the author of life. So I think it's very appropriate that that word is capitalized here at the end of verse 20. Go, stand, and speak to the people in the temple the whole message of this life. Share with them the gospel of Jesus Christ. He is the light of the world. He is the life of the world. He is the author of life. He was there at creation, as we just read in John 1. He is the author of life. I just love so much that God used an angel. (laughs) He used an angel. To, to counteract, you, you know, the, 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 the Badgesees and the Sanhedrin, they, they wanted to throw the Jews in jail so that they would stop telling about this Jesus, that the, they would stop spreading their doctrine all over the city. So what did they, and, 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 and they don't believe in miracles, so what, do they, what, what happens? They throw them in jail to keep them off the street? And because of their actions, God has an opportunity to do another miracle. He sends the angel in to pull him out. And all the gates are locked. The keepers of the gates, the prison guards, none of them knew they weren't even in there. Our God is an awesome God. He is a great God. The angel of the Lord opened the doors. Jesus Christ can open the door to your heart to pull you out of that prison of sin 
And for those of us that will someday have the privilege of being in jail for the name of Jesus, folks, plan ahead. I haven't used the fire extinguisher illustration in a while. Some of you are looking at me like, what? Practice, practice, practice. And anticipate that if someday you have the privilege of suffering for Jesus Christ, He is giving you an opportunity through that to testify of Jesus Christ. He will never leave you or forsake you. And He will provide you opportunities to testify of Him. Don't get no gooder than that. Go your way, stand and speak to the people in the temple the whole message of this life. Upon hearing this, they entered the temple about daybreak. They were obedient. They began to teach. Now when the high priest and his associates had come, they called the council together, even all the senate of the sons of Israel, and sent orders to the prison house for them to be brought. But the officers who came did not find them in the prison, and they returned and reported back, saying, We found the prison house locked quite securely, and the guards standing at the doors. But when we opened it up, we found no one inside. Do you think the thought even crossed their minds that God's hand was in this? The religious leaders, the PhDs of the day, do you think it even crossed their mind that God had performed a miracle here? Maybe some of them figured it out. I think maybe Gamaliel did, as we'll find out next week or maybe in two weeks, depending on how far we get next week. They found no one inside. And when it comes to the prison of sin that we can be locked in before we know Jesus, when we know Jesus, we come out, and if anybody were to look inside, we're gone. We're not there. Because we have the life of Jesus Christ. The whole message of life. songs that we sang this morning the words God forgave my sin in Jesus name I've been born again in Jesus name and in Jesus name I come to you to share his love as he told me to the angel told the apostles go stand and speak to the people telling them the message of life Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the the testimony of these apostles. And thank you that we can remember this. That we, as as some would, would attempt to stamp out your history, Father. That we can remember this and know that it was you that was at work. That it was your hand through that angel that pulled them from the prison so that they might go and stand and speak and testify and tell of the life that we only have in Jesus Christ. Thank you for your word, Father. Thank you for this time. Help us to be different when we come back next week, Father. Different in a positive way. Different in a way that 
people will see and understand that we have been with Jesus. That we have spent time with you this week in prayer. That we have spent time in your word. And that not all of us will, or any of us for that matter, will be seminarian graduates next week, Father. But that's not important because people will be able to tell that we have been with you. Help us to reflect you, Father. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We are dismissed.